0: Welcome to the Health and Wealth Power Hour, the podcast that provides you with the knowledge and insights you need to achieve physical, mental, and financial well-being. I'm your host, Arlen Piggott, a business consultant who's passionate about helping people achieve a more balanced and healthier life. Each week we'll deep dive into topics related to health and wealth, including retirement income planning, innovative healthcare solutions, alternative-funded health plans and specific actions individuals and business owners can take to gain control of their finances, have access to affordable quality healthcare, and achieve peace of mind. We'll also be joined by innovative experts who will share their knowledge and insights on prevalent topics. So, whether you're looking to grow your wealth or improve your health, you've come to the right place. Get ready to be informed, inspired, and empowered. Let's get started. Hey, 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 it is time for another Health and Wealth Power Hour. Super glad you guys took time out to listen to today's show. Hey, what could it possibly be? I know you saw the thing and you saw Freedom Day. Freedom Day? What is this? Is this another one of those crazy Hallmark holidays that I'm going to have to buy somebody a gift for? Well, yeah, it is. But it's your holiday. That's right. It's your day. Freedom Day, and we are here to learn all about it today. I think you guys are going to be truly inspired. You're going to have a very different mindset about what retirement looks like once you listen to today's guest. So Jeff Kekel has been in this industry for a long time, 25 years plus, that Jeff has been working with folks to help them not retire, but get to their Freedom Day. I love the idea. I love the thought of having that Freedom Day. Jeff, welcome aboard, buddy.
1: Thanks, Harlan. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be on today. Can't wait to talk. Yes, sir. So can you tell me
0: what triggered you to think of this differently? What happened to one day you say, you know what? Retirement is is hard. Retirement is is different for everybody. Now, that's right. Right. I mean, there's no doubt, mm-hmm. but retirement is something that people, how I many, right, say, no, I'll never have it. I'll never have it. Mm-hmm. But Freedom Day is not. Freedom Day is what it sounds like. It's freedom and it's freedom from even having to worry about that crazy term, retirement. So, what triggered you and and put you down that road?
1: Well, you know, I, I've had a traditional career as a financial planner and retirement income planner for most of my career. Um, you know, the first, I would call it 20 years of my career, I spent, uh, you know, doing traditional financial planning. I was sitting there, I was trained by the industry, which told me, okay, well, you've got to have, you know, you, a lot of, when I was growing up in the industry, there was the talk of, well, you have to have your number and your number is, you know, this million dollars or $2 million or whatever it is. And, you know, where that came out of was the retirement industry. Who does the training for the people in my world? Well, they're typically mutual fund firms, brokerage firms, insurance companies. They all do the training. That's that's where we learn our, our craft. And what is their end goal? <laughs> their end goal is to amass the most amount of assets possible and that's what they make money off of. Nothing wrong with that as long as you understand it. The problem with that theory is it kind of works counter to reality in most cases. So what do I mean by that? Well, you know, let's say I'm sitting here today and I've got $40,000 saved. And then that client comes and sits down with me and I tell them, all right, well, here's what's gonna happen. You need to save like crazy. So basically what I need you to do is I need you to take maybe 20% of your income that you have coming in and I need you to be putting it into these products because what we need to do is we need to grow that to, you know, X amount of dollars. So assuming the way the industry calculates it, you need, let's say you had an $80,000 income. So if I need $80,000, well, the industry says, well, $80,000, you're going to need at least $2 million to generate $80,000 per year because after taxes and growth and everything else, you can only afford to take about 4% out of your income or out of your investments per year so that you can be able to have enough money to last for the rest of your life. Well, part of that is because they have insanely crappy returns in most cases (laughs) that can only generate a very small amount and that's where that four percent comes from so you know i'm sitting here today let's say i'm a 45 year old i've saved maybe a hundred thousand dollars and jeff comes out with a plan that says well you're going to need two million dollars and what happens you look at that and you go a hundred thousand dollars to two million dollars there's no way on earth i can save that amount so they just kind of right. give up right at that they just stop and So that's really where I started to have this conversation with clients, and some were fine, you know, and others certainly were not, and they felt like they'd been lied to. And what what nobody told them was, well, your average, you know, your investments are going to average, let's say, eight to nine percent per year. Well, yeah, but there's a whole generation of people that, you know, kind of came of age when I did in the year two thousand, and you had. The, you know, September 11th, it hit, you had a massive recession, you had the, the economic downturn of the tech industry. So you had three negative years in S&P 500 to start the new millennium. Then 2008, 2010, we had another massive recession. So if you looked at your returns on the S&P 500 over that 10-year period of time, they were basically flat. You made no money. So I gave up 10 whole years of my life and made absolutely no money. So many of them are sitting here going, crap, I, there's no amount of money I can save to get there.
0: I'm too far behind. I, I I'm too far behind. So far I just behind, can't. I'll make. Ever yeah, catch up.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I got 15, maybe 20 years left. There's no way on earth I'm going to make it. So there's this kind of, I, I don't know, I guess this kind of acceptance of fate that I'm just going to end up working forever. So that's, that's yeah. one crowd of people. The other crowd of people are what I call the post four hour work week generation. These are your millennials and your Gen Zers. They grew up in the world of the 20 of, of the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. Tim totally changed the world. I mean, there is nothing prior to Tim that I would say is earth changing in the world, but Tim changed the world when he said, you know what, you don't have to postpone your life towards retirement. You don't have to use the traditional route, which was work for 40 years, save a ridiculous amount of money, don't do anything fun, don't do anything that you've really dreamed or wanted to do. Yeah. Then when you get to retirement, I need you to downsize your house significantly, have one car, take one cruise per year and wear black socks and sandals and that's what your life is going to be for the next 40 years. <laughs> That generation doesn't really like that view. They're they're really not excited about that view. Uh, they're kind of the they're the product of of you know a little bit older than me, uh, parents, and they're looking at life and going, no, I want to enjoy life now. I don't want to save you know all this money and not have fun. I want to enjoy life here. So you had these two distinctive split groups, and I was sitting here as a financial planner trying to go. Well, but yeah, we can get you to retirement planning. Um, and so where this all came out of, I, I actually had a client that I sat down with, and you know, 30 years or 25 years of doing this, I could look at numbers on paper without putting them through any kind of financial plan, without putting them into a calculator. I could look at it and say, Okay, this this plan's gonna work no matter what they do. Unless they get a massive crack habit, they're not, you know, they're gonna be perfectly fine. Uh, but they were one of those folks that were like, Oh, we'll never be able to retire la like that. And I, I just looked at the client in, in the eyes and I said, you know what? You reached your freedom day at this point, you've got a work optional lifestyle. You got up and went to work this morning and you didn't have to. And all of a sudden I saw a smile on his face and I said, from this day forward, you have enough money that if you go to work and you don't want to anymore, you do not have to be there. Now, this happened to be a college professor who loved what he did. But on now all the world's stress of finances were off of his shoulders at that point. He wasn't stressed anymore. And that guy, he's still working to this day. You know, he's, he's now in his kind of early 70s. And he'll never stop working because he absolutely loves what he does. But he also loves the fact that school ends right around May, and he goes off and travels the world for four months and doesn't care if he makes money or not from from his university. And then he goes back in the fall and has fun, and then he gets a long vacation that he takes in the, the winter every year. And that's perfect. And so I began using that term with clients. I stopped using the term retirement, and that's probably the last time you'll hear me say this on this interview, but the difference with Freedom Day from that word is freedom day when clients look at it? It's not something that is time bound. So, when you think of the R word, it's time bound, it's this thing that people have in their minds that, well, I, I get to the point where I'm you know, I keep working until 67. Maybe I can R word earlier, but you know, I'm probably going to work till 67. Then I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to stop working and then I'm going to go live my life and have fun and all this. Well, Freedom Day is not time bound because Freedom Day is all about one single number. And that's what we call your MRI, your minimum required income. Once you have that in income coming in, you're free. That's your Freedom Day at that point.
0: Okay. And if that number is attainable obviously Mm -hmm. that if that number is only there because you're still working, that's Mm -hmm. not the number, right? That's not, that's not it because you're, you've got to continue to do that day to day work. This is uh, an income, a a separate income stream, or
1: it is, it's something that's got you
0: that number that doesn't require you to go to the office every day and put in your eight to 10 hours. That's precisely
1: correct. Yeah. So, I mean, the idea of it is it's, creating multiple sources of income i mean you know what we teach initially is start with one let's figure something out that that kind of jazzes you a little bit that you can do it might be a hobby that you can turn into money um you know i've i've worked with a lot of people and, and talked to a lot of people that you know they always wanted to write a book well you know they try to start writing a book and then they get mired into it and they just can't ever get there but when you show them okay this is how you do it And maybe this is how you do another book and another book and another book. And you change your brain around and think from being an author to a publisher that I publish books and I can use techniques to do that. Well, now all of a sudden I get to, I get to, you know, be creative, but I also get to make money doing it at that point. And this is something that I can do while I'm still working my normal job, my day job but there's a there are a million different ways to make money in this world. You right. just kind of have to figure out what what you're interested in or what you want to do or what you're willing to do and start somewhere. And then that gets you going and it gets your your brain retrained a little bit, you know. So we I what I did is I developed what I call the freedom day method. And so it's a step-by-step process of doing this.
0: Okay, it so let, let's kind of step back in time, yep. uh, kind of like what you were referring to. There's a there's a traditional way that we grew up.
1: Uh,
0: mm-hmm. I'm I'm 57. So even about the same
1: age. Yep.
0: <laughs> you know, e- even in my time frame, I was you go to school, mm-hmm. then you get a job in the corporate world. And if you get a good job when you get right out of school, then good for you because that's where you're going to be for the next 30 to 40 years. And then you get to retire, this mythical thing of retirement, right? And if you've got that good corporate job, either it has a pension or it doesn't, has a 401k or it doesn't, or or whatever that looks like. You know, you're going to rely on Social Security. If it's a perfect world, you got your three-legged stool, right? You got your Mm. pension, you got your 401k, and then you've got your Social Security. Now you've got all the pieces for your retirement. Mm-hmm. and don't think about really anything else. Maybe you get to have that once a year vacation, kind of like what you're talking about. Maybe, maybe yep. you don't get to have that for a few years, especially early in your marriage when you got your kids and all those things are happening. That's the way, you know, my parents were. That's the yep. way I was until one really cool thing happened. And that was corporate America decided they didn't need me anymore after 19. <laughs> and after 19 years, they said goodbye.
1: Yeah, And the... Inter- kind of broke, 100- broke that 40-year contract that that, that I had yeah. with them. That-
0: yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, here is an interesting thing. If I would have stayed in that job, first of all, I probably wouldn't have been near as happy as I am, but yeah. that's neither, neither here nor there. Uh, next year would have been my retirement. I'd have yeah. been able to retire at 58 because of all the years of service. Now, mm-hmm. that's if I had continued putting money aside like I had mm-hmm. and survived all those economic downturns that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. There was a lot there's a lot that could have happened there. But becoming an entrepreneur was the greatest thing that ever happened. It's mm-hmm. it's it has changed my life so dramatically, made me so much happier, not dealing with all the corporate BS, right? Not having all of those things. And so kind of like your professor that you talked about the joy that I have in in what I do now, I certainly have not reached my freedom day. I've got to continue to work. I've got to continue to do this. I'm, you know, I'm running two businesses. I can't just step away from that. They won't run self right now. I'm yep. working on that, but they won't run self yep. right now.
1: You're, you're you're running an S business, not a B business. Yep. If you, if you know that if you know the 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 uh, cash flow quadrant from Robert Kiyosaki, you're you're self employed, so you own a job, not own a business.
0: Right, that's exactly right. At, th- at this mm-hmm. point in time, that's exactly the, the world that I find myself in. Yep. But not everyone can do that. Not everyone is even built that way. There are a lot of people, even people that I worked with that they left that job and they the first thing they did is try to find them another corporate America job. There was nothing Absolutely. there was no way. they could yep. not even believe what I was doing. I mean, in other words, it just doesn't it, it, it doesn't correlate with them. How could someone can do that? How difficult? is it to get through that mindset to help those folks help people in that world have this different thought this different change of mind like you said retrain their brain or is there just a group that they're probably never going to do it because that's just the world that they're in
1: well you know i i think anybody can be can have their brain retrained sure Um, i agree I, i i truly believe it now I think there are certain people that have an innate drive that are going to succeed. I mean, they're just going to succeed no matter what you do. You just put a plan in front of them. They're going to go, but here's, you know, the, the first two steps of the freedom day method. So I'll just quickly kind of catch us up to where we're at. So the freedom day methods, eight steps, the first method, the first step is what we call calculating your MRI. So it's basically just saying, all right, how much do I have coming in? How much is going out? Yeah, hopefully that the the <laughs> outside is more than what the ins or the inside is more than the outside. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, if not, you got to you got some other problems you got to fix. You got to either reduce your expenses or increase your income to balance that out better. But through that process, you end up kind of categorizing the expenses you have by essentials and then discretionary. So what we do is we add up all of our essentials and we put that on the right hand side of the equation and that tells us that is our minimum required income that's what we abs that's the nut we have to make just to survive now it's not the fun stuff it's not the around the world trips and all that forget that for right now we're just focused on that number so the next step in the process which you know most people at this point in the, in my world would go, well, what you need to do is now get rid of debt and cut your expenses and all that. Well, that's all negative stuff. <laughs> and when you do negative stuff, what do people do? They dig their heels in and they go, well, this is too hard. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. So yeah, the yeah. next step is we need to do something fun. So the fun thing that we do in step number two is we create a bucket list and that bucket list is going to be effectively a hundred different things, but they're going to be in 10 main categories. So it's going to be everything from travel and adventure to, which is that one fills up pretty quick, by the way, Um, things that you want to buy, um, relationships that you want to improve, health, you know, that you want to improve or health goals, mental goals, gifting goals. So there's 10 of those concepts that we have. And what we do when we do this bucket list is we just sit down and we write 10 in each of these categories, just sit there and write them down. They don't have to be earth shattering, but they should be something that's a stretch, not something that, you know, I can walk across the room. Oh, that's a goal bucket list. No, (laughs) it's gotta be something that it's a bit of a stretch. It's something that's forcing you to do something beyond your comfort zone in a lot of cases. So once we have our list, we're going to take three of those things off the list that we can accomplish in the next six months and that have roughly a $500 price tag to them. We're going to take those and that's the only thing we're going to focus on. We're not going to look at anything else in the bucket list. We're going to set it aside for right now and we're going to have our three goals. We're just going to post them up everywhere in our house. Those are the three goals we're going to work towards. So then we shift to Step number three, which is retraining your brain. So now, what we want to do is we want to retrain your brain from going, I can't afford that. That's too much money. I'll put it on a credit card and just do it. No, that's not what we're going to do here. We're going to go out and we're going to figure out a way to make that 500 bucks three times over. Now, could be very simple. I'll give you an example. When I first became an entrepreneur. Um I did not have a good plan., uh, basically, I was working for a company of the most evil people I've ever worked with in my life. And you know, my the last in or the basically the last review I ever had, the president of the company looked me square in the eye and said, "You are the worst employee we've ever had. You're too independent. You just go out and do things without permission. Um, you know, you, you're just, you're not working as a team player. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you hired me first off, you hired me basically to just parachute into a market and try and find business. So I had to do whatever I had to do, but that was the biggest gift I've ever The second biggest gift I will say that I've ever been given in my life because it fired me up and it made me say, screw you, I'm out of here. And I left, um, I, you know, two months later, I quit my job. I started two businesses together. Bad idea, by the way. First off, <laughs> don't quit your job until you actually have something that's making money. Um, two, don't try and start two businesses at the same time. It does not work, but I, it was something unique to the financial industry. I had to leave there because I would have had to report this other source of income to my employer. So I had to leave, I went to work for a friend of mine in the financial services industry as you know, basically my own business. And I, I started a co-working space. So, for me, <laughs> this wasn't a fun exercise. It was a oh crap, I've got to make money, or I'm going to be kicked out of my house exercise. So, you know, I I came up with a a plan of attack that said, all right, I need to make at least two hundred dollars a day to cover our expenses. So, if I do that thirty days a month, okay, I'll be fine. What am I going to do? Well, I didn't really have a solution at that point. Um, So many things I had ideas with that I knew were going to take a little bit of time. And I'm like, what can I do today where I have flexibility in my schedule and I can do this? So I decided, you know what? I'm going to try driving Uber and I'm going to try delivering food. Something I can literally go online tomorrow, sign up for, and I can start working literally within a day or two. So that's what I did. And I would literally get up at four o'clock in the morning, drive people to the airport, which is mostly the only people at four o'clock in the morning that are doing anything, uh, drive people to the airport. And then by usually eight o'clock-ish, I was heading back to my office to do my normal jobs. Um, And then at five o'clock, I would leave the office. I'd quickly grab dinner and then I would go out from 5:30 until like seven or eight o'clock at night and deliver food. And I would just do that over and, over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, seven days a week, I would do it. And my reward each day was that when I hit my $200, I got to go home. And that was my, so that was my fun thing. So the freedom day method, a little bit more fun in that we're gonna do something we really wanna do. And what we need to do over the next six months is we need to generate at least 500 bucks. Remember, I was able to generate $200 a day working probably six to seven hours at the most to generate enough to be able to make $200. So 500 bucks is not too much to make. You can do that in a multitude of different types of businesses. So, you know, that's a simple solution. If you have, let's say uh, a skill, maybe I'm really good at graphics. Maybe I'm good at building PowerPoints. Maybe I'm good at uh, digital marketing or something like that. Well, there are sites like upwork.com, fiverr.com, where you can go on there and sell your talent to somebody else. So I'm not selling necessarily my time, like I've been brainwashed into I'm now selling my expertise and people are willing to spend or sell or buy my expertise in a certain area. So let's say I am a salesperson. I need to create a PowerPoint presentation to do a sales presentation and I suck at graphics, but you have a massively great skill at creating beautiful PowerPoint presentations that really can sell. Well, I'm willing to pay you money to not have me have to learn how to do that and spend days on it. And then it still looks terrible. You probably can turn around in a couple hours, take the information I give you, make it look good, put some graphics on there, hand it back to me and I'll pay you a couple hundred bucks right then and there. So for me, as I was doing this, I started to bog down of like, okay, crap, I can't work enough. To do what i'm doing and so for me it was the aha moment to say well what am i really good at and i have this really weird innate skill for creating business plans um i can create business plans that banks will give you money for so i went on upwork and i just put out up there hey i do business plans for small businesses you know thousand bucks which most business plan people won't do that for under two or three thousand right so i put them out for a thousand bucks got a few people and I went from working, you know, an additional 40, 45 hours a week to maybe working five to 10 hours a week at the most generating, you know, anywhere from five to $7,000 a month. Now this wasn't my primary business. It wasn't what I really wanted to do, but it paid the bills when my businesses weren't kicking out a lot of money. So, you know, once again, I started retraining my brain from thinking, okay, I've got to give 40 hours a week to my boss to, okay, I'm going to do this skill where, you know, it's basically a no skill job. All I have to do is be nice to people and I make money, but it took up a ton of my time and I didn't make that much money doing it to, okay, take a skill that I'm really good at, spend less time doing it. And now all of a sudden I'm making money. So that money went towards paying my mortgage, paid for our food, you know, gave us the ability to do that. And, you know, that's what I would tell somebody to do is that's going to help you retrain your brain right there. And we're going to use those three bucket list goals because I don't want you to have just one because you do one and you're like, oh, okay, that was great. That's fine. I want you to have three. And those three of, hey, I've got to maybe make a repeatable. 500 bucks, not just a one timer, but I can make a repeatable 500 bucks. So maybe I'm, I'm doing, you know, PowerPoints for people. And I've got to do three PowerPoints to hit all three of my goals there. Okay. By the time I've done three of those, I start to realize, Hmm, this was the one time wasn't a fluke and now I can be successful. That is, I, I would say that's
0: innovative because it is in this concept. Yes. It's it's not innovative when you think about people have side gigs all over the place. Absolutely. But building it in
1: the way that you're doing here, that mm-hmm. is very innovative. Yeah. Giving yourself a reward system that's fun stuff you want to do is a good thing. You know, this is where this is the other reason why retirement planning fails is what's your reward system? Okay, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to basically live a pauper's life or live a much lower life for the next 40 years. And then at the end, I have this amazing thing. Well, you know, I I can't tell you how many people over the years when I would sit down and put together a financial plan for them. And I'm like, well, what does, what does retirement look like for you down the road? And, you know, they would just look at me like, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'll probably travel, you know, or, or my favorite, my favorite answer was always, well, what I'm going to do is sleep. Okay, well, that's like a day (laughs) or two. What are you going to do for the next 40 at that point? Oh, I'm going to (laughs) play golf. Okay, do you know how boring it is playing golf every single day for 40 years? You know, you're not going to want to do that. You're not going to want to travel every day for 40 years. So what are you going to do because you've denied yourself for the last 40 years? You're really not good at this. You're going to kind of suck at it. So maybe you want to think about rewarding yourself along the way and and living some life between now and then to figure out what it is you really actually like doing.
0: Yeah, you're. A, I, I cannot tell you how that resonates with me in talking to folks that have never ever thought about what retirement is going to look like. Yep, and I think we see it all the time that people leave their jobs and they have no life outside mm. of that. Okay. And they simply don't last, they don't last forty years. They, they waste fact, away. The don't last four yeah. years.
1: I've, right? I've done a lot of work with police officers. The, the first book I ever wrote was a, was a retirement book for police officers. And I cannot tell you how many clients of mine, police officer clients of mine, first off, they, they leave the police force and your identity is tied up in a blue uniform. So, you know, all of a sudden you wake up the next day and there is no more blue uniform and you're way the hell younger than all the other people around you that are retired. So you have no, no friends really, or, or connections. Your friends are tied up in that world that you were in before. And so they yep. lose their identity. And, you know, I mean, either one of two things happens, they lose their identity and they kind of go downhill. Um, you know, psychologically, they just kind of go downhill and, you know, there's a lot of alcoholism and divorce and everything else in the police world. I mean, it just, it is, it's a hard job. It's a, it's a thankless, hard job. Sure, sure. Um, the other side of the coin is so many times I've seen them kind of fall back into that, you know, Oh, well, I'm going to go take a job as a security guard. Okay. Back to my identity again. I get to put my uniform on. That's right. Or. They end up doing something in that world. You know, they go to work for the DA's office or something like that because then they can be comfortable in that little world of theirs and that keeps them going. But the ones that just kind of stop and they don't have a plan or don't have anything that they're going to do, they typically, I see them go downhill quite a bit, you know, and I've I've told people over the years, I've met some of the youngest 80-year-olds and the oldest 60-year-olds I've ever met. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and you know that's
0: a that's a great example. Uh, I do a lot of stuff with federal employees. Yeah, uh, a, a lot of uh, I'm on the advisory board for a company that helps them retire and, and okay. helps uh, explain their benefits to them. And my job is to help them understand how their health benefits work. Mm-hmm. But it is amazing to me how many that I talk to that whenever I start asking them, "Oh, what what's your plan?" They have no plan. They have no plan. They don't know what they're going to do. Many of them really don't even have money enough to retire. I mean, they're asking yeah. questions of me, asking how, what's the cheapest possible way they can get through their health benefits. Yeah. And they really don't have even an idea of what it really costs to have health benefits. They don't realize what a good deal they have as a yeah. federal employee and what their benefits are going to be. Or any
1: they, you know large, com- yeah, large corporate yeah. you know, company. Yes, it's like, large corporate. What uh, sp- yeah, what do you mean? I have to spend $1,200 a month on, yeah. on healthcare. Yeah. I never spent more than 200. Yeah, exactly. Your company subsidized a ton of it.
0: That's right. And so people don't under, understand that part of it because they've yeah. never lived it. Corporate America, yeah, exactly the same way. Teachers, a lot of times, mm-hmm. will yeah. fall into that same category. But the the thing that gets me, and, and one of the groups, I, I, and I, you're going to think this is, is funny, I'm going to say this about this particular group, but Postal Employees, are Mm -hmm. some of the worst because they are so ingrained in that job. It is very reminiscent of what you're talking about with the peace officers, because this is it. They live every day this way. I mean, six Mm -hmm. days a week, typically they're doing whatever this is. And it's so wrapped up in this job. Most of them have been there 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah. They have no friends outside of it. They have no life outside of it. And when they Mm -hmm. walk away, all they got is their shows. I can't yeah. tell you how many times I've been told by someone, well, yeah. I guess I'll finally have time to catch up on my shows. Yeah. It's kind of what you said earlier. My Lord, how long are you going to sit there before you, you know. Before you, you just you waste, waste away.
1: All, well, just I waste mean, away. You or know, how many... you
0: just are bored to death from these shows. Yeah. Why did I ever think this was going to be fun watching these, right? Yeah,
1: I'm just <laughs> sitting here all day reading for a little bit, and then I watch my shows. Then, you know, maybe we get up and we go to dinner five o'clock, mainly because we're so bored to tears. We're just going to eat early Why and then we go to sleep. because Yeah. And then we're going to go to sleep early because, you know, it's just yeah. like, there's only so much you can do. So, you know, I, that's, that's where I see the challenge and, and yeah. part of the whole freedom day method and the concepts of it is okay. It's time to live and it's time to live. You know, I, I, I tell people to live their freedoms and, and I say, there's three separate unique distinct freedoms that we have and most people can tell you oh financial freedom yeah great that's fan that's great you should have financial freedom but you also need time freedom you know so that's another one you gotta you gotta free yourself up to have time to do other things and then the last of which is freedom of intentionality and this one's a little bit harder to understand um, most of us live you know lives of kind of in the passenger seat we just kind of let things happen without actively doing something about it and that freedom of intentionality is being in the driver's seat now i'm taking charge and i'm doing things very specifically and that's another massive mindset shift so you know financial freedom that's pretty easy once you get there you've got it you know you, you know. When there's more coming in than you need to do this, and maybe or maybe not, you're working at something, that time freedom is a big whammy for a lot of people because they've never had control of their time before. So they're, you know, they go watch their shows or they go (laughs) to the bar and hang out because, you know, that's, I'm filling my time. And that's why a lot of people aren't successful starting businesses because they don't know and don't understand how to manage their time. They, they can't be their own boss and tell themselves, hey, you got to get up and do this, or you've got to, you know, here's the tasks that need to be established. I mean, they'll, they default to, okay, here's all the tasks that are easy that I don't really have to stretch. Um, like the old expression, you got to eat the frog. You know, what's that frog you got to eat every day that probably doesn't taste real good. It's hard to get down but it's the one thing that makes you successful they don't want to do it well you've got to control your time to be able to do that and then that intentionality is saying okay i'm going to take an active participation in my life instead of just being a passenger or being passive and just letting life kind of hit me in the face that is absolutely imperative i Mm-hmm. That Of all the
0: things that you've said, I that I think that is the one big thing that I will say I took away the huge difference between corporate world job mm-hmm. where you had no control. The day-to-day yep. came. I, I mean, let, let's be honest. You do have some control there depending on your job. You have some control. You have some time management that you can do this or that. But mm-hmm. that I am the uh, the master of my own destiny, it ain't there. It ain't going to, it ain't there. and It ain't going to be there. It's, but when you're an entrepreneur or when you're doing these, okay. So let's step back to what you said earlier. You can Mm. still have that regular nine to five job, but have that side gig where you are the master of your own destiny. That's what this is talking about. Now you can control that. Just like you did the very first thing you did. I can Mm. drive a car. I'm a friendly guy. I can Mm. take people from their house to the airport, from the airport to their house. I can bring them some food. These are things that I can do. I have this ability. Yeah. Is it the most fun I've ever had in my life? No. No. But here's the other thing. You were the master of your own destiny because you chose the hours you were going to do it and you Mm -hmm. had the number you were going to reach that allowed you to quit that day. Yeah. You also never stopped looking for another way to replace that with something you had even more control over. Correct. And allowed you even more freedom of your time. Better time, better spent time actually that enhanced you as a entrepreneur and mm-hmm. as someone develop in this case, developing those business plans, because you're only going to hone your skill to make it better by repeating this and be doing it successfully. Yep. Uh, yeah. Maybe you would have become a better driver by what you were doing, but how much is that going to help you in the long run? Right. How much is that going to help yeah. you gain more, more money? Yeah, and I mean, media?
1: you know, it, it's funny. I, I wouldn't, uh, it was this is during the pandemic and, yeah. um, I was, I was traveling, I think to Florida or something like that for an industry conference. And so I'm riding with this guy. He's a, uh, Uber driver. He's been doing it for a little while. And, you know, I mean, it, you can just tell somebody he's got, you know, he just is well put together. He's, you know, nice hair, um, you know, nice shirt, he's kind of button down shirt and all this. And so, you know, we just start talking and I was like, well, how did you get to do this? And he goes, well, here's the thing. Because I was a corporate accountant. So he goes, I, I, this is what I was trained to do. He goes, I was making a pretty decent living, about 80, 80, $90,000 a year. And he's like, I got laid off. And he's, you know, he says, initially, I could have probably gotten another job. But he's like, you know what, I'm just going to, for now, until I figure this out, I'm going to drive Uber. So he would drive Uber. And, you know, same kind of thing I did. He was just say, well, I'm going to make a certain amount per day. And uh, he goes, yeah, I'm married to a Colombian. So he goes, what I do is I work from March until about November-ish. He goes, I work, you know, pretty good. And his day typically started early. So he would do like a couple airport runs. He would work around town in the morning and all that. And he'd make his money. And he was a fisherman, and he lived on a lake up to the north of where I live. And he's like, "Yeah, he goes, so you know, maybe around noonish, I would make you know my my income number for the day." And he's like, "I head back and I go fish for the rest of the day and have fun." <laughs> and then, from November to March, he and his wife would just leave and they'd go down to to Columbia for the winter and hang out with her family and he would fish all the time and do all that kind of stuff and then he'd come back in march and start this whole thing and he's like i really can't find a job that's gonna let me do this exactly (laughs) and i was like do you mind telling me how much you make doing this and he's like i make the exact same amount of money that i made before doing this but i have all this all these freedoms where i can work you know and all that type of stuff so could he make more? Sure. He probably could have made more. Could he done something else? Yes. But for him, it was the ideal situation to be able to replace his income. Now, let's kind of step back out. So, you know, when we when we talk about the, the Freedom Day method, you know, we left off at step three, which was, you know, we're going to retrain our brain. Step four is we're going to get out of debt using the debt snowball method. And so what is that? Uh, I learned it from Dave Ramsey, but debt snowball is basically you're, you're never going to be free if you have debt. So what you do is you take all your debts, you write them down on a sheet of paper, you put what the balance is and you put what the the minimum payment is on them. And then you reorder those in the smallest to the largest, not the highest interest rate, whatever. You're going to put the smallest to the largest. And then what you're going to do, remember we were just generating 500 bucks a month. And you're like, I can't figure out a way to pay my debt down. It's just always there. Well, guess what? You can keep generating that same $500 a month and now apply it towards your debt. So what you do is you take your smallest debt and you add that $500 to it until it's exhausted. Now you would be amazed at how fast this happens when you're not paying minimum payments. Then when that one's gone, guess what? You take what your minimum payment was on the previous one, plus your 500 bucks, and you apply it to the next largest one. And you just keep doing that until all those debts are gone. You don't pay off right away your uh, mortgage, but you wanna pretty much get rid of everything else. Now, all of a sudden, what happens? Remember when we did our MRI, we said this is how much is coming in in income, and this is how much is going out in expenses, Now we've eliminated a bunch of expenses that we have going out and our cash flow improves. So we're automatically getting in a better situation and our MRI goes down because we don't have to pay those credit card bills anymore. So now what do we have to do? How are we gonna get to that next step? Well, this is kind of the story. We're gonna develop sources of passive income, sources of income that don't require us to get up and go to work every day or we can take time off and the business still makes money. So, Harlan, you said this at the beginning. Hey, I'm still working because I have a I have an S business. Well, what am I talking about? Well, if you looked at Robert Kiyosaki, there's a book called The Cashflow Quadrant and and Robert Kiyosaki really breaks down the four types of people in the world. So, you know, just think of you got four quadrants, a big X, the top left, so the left, yeah, you know, left side top that's an E, that's an employee. So that's somebody who works for somebody else. You, They tell you what to do, they tell you how much you're gonna make, all that. The next down, so the left-hand side bottom is an S, that's a self-employed person. You own a job at that point. You might even have employees that work for you, but if you stop working, the business is pretty much gonna die. It's just not there because it's too you-centric at that point. So, those are those on the left hand side are the jobs that are, you know, those are the things that require input and you're selling typically your time more than your expertise or anything like that. The right hand side of the quadrant is at the top a B, which is a business owner. And that business owner typically has some form of system that they have created and they have employees that work that system for them. Okay, so that's a business owner. That business owner could at some point in time actually sell that business, but more importantly, that business owner could actually take time off and the business keeps running. The bottom quadrant are the I's. These are the investors. These are people that take money and they turn that money into more money. So they use their money to make money at that point. And they're they might be investing in businesses, the stock market could be anything like that. Now, you can be an e and an I in a lot of cases, but for most people, that I is well, I'm dumping all my money into a retirement account, and I really can't use it, and I can't make my situation better until I reach a specific age when i when i my contract with the government says I can bail out. Right.
0: I can, yes, yes, now I can get this money without a penalty.
1: <laughs> you got it. So I've got that. So I, <laughs> I, you know, ideally everybody should work to be on that right hand side of the cash flow quadrant, either a business owner or an investor at that point. It just depends on how much time you want to put in to create those. So now back to the situation. So when I was doing my business plans, you know, Other little side gig business wasn't really meant to be. It wasn't my career by any god-awful way, shape, or form, and it was boring as all get-out because I was doing the same thing over and over and over again, and I don't do well at over and over and over again. I, I tend to go crazy. So I reached a point where my other businesses, my co-working practice or my co-working spaces and my financial practice were starting to pull more of my time away but they weren't quite making enough for me to just quit the other side gig so i i at one time realized well i'm selling my services on upwork i wonder if there's anybody else out there who i could teach to do what i do so i have a system i had a template for how i did this i would do an interview with the client and really find out about it and i typically recorded those interviews for me to go back and kind of listen to and make sure I had all my notes in there. So I found a gentleman in India who was an MBA graduate, spoke fluent English because he lived over here for many, many years, went back to India, MBA, fluent in English writing. I mean, you couldn't tell my writing from his, in fact, I think his was a little bit better than mine sometimes. Um, and. just being the front end of having that interview with the client. And I would take all that information. I would hand that off to him. And then he would take that in my template. He would put together the the business plan, which typically took about three hours. So now my five-hour job that I would pay uh, get paid $1,000 for, I was only really working two hours, front end, back end talking, you know, interviewing the client and then presenting the plan to the client. The other three hours were my friend in India who worked for 30 bucks an hour, which in India is ungodly. It's like three, four, $500 an hour here. So he was happy. I was happy. I gained back three hours a week. So that meant I could actually increase the amount of these I I could do He was a happy clam because he could just sit there and bang these things out all day. And we eventually got it to the point where it was so fast, we could crank one of these things out in about, I don't know, it's it's typically front end, back end. It was probably three hours. I would just, I started paying him just a flat fee to do these. So as fast as he could do them, you know, he was happy because it's like, man, I can do this in probably three hours. I can do it in like an hour, dude. So, I mean, we were doing more a week. I was paying him, instead of three hours, I was paying him like 150 bucks a plan at that point. So if he could do it in an hour, he's making 150 bucks an hour. I'm making $500, you know, or actually more than that. I making about 750 on my end to, to 850. And, you know, I, I'm working two hours yeah. doing the fun part, which was talking to the clients and all that. So that was developing a business and it was developing a passive income source. Eventually it got to the point where he, (laughs) I would just get the job. I would hand him off to the client. The client would work with him, put together the plan. I would review it and I would typically do the back end side and it might take an hour to 30 minutes. So now I'm making like $850 an hour and he's making the other piece of it. I ended up, in the end, I, I didn't really have that extra time to spend. And in the end, I mean, I basically just handed the business to him and said, hey, knock yourself out, dude. You take it. You've you've done it. You know, you, You've made it. I don't really need that income source anymore. But that's how you go from that active strategy to the passive side. You've got to develop a system. And then you got to have people that can execute on the system for you. That's how you develop passive income. That's just one way to develop passive income, but it's a great example for people.
0: Yes. So we see people do some similar to this. I think uh, Etsy is a place where people go yep. and, and do things like this as well. I know, mm. especially crafty people, people yep. that have the ability to do certain things like that, or that's a great place to go and, and have, do it. I, if
1: you have a hobby that you're good at and yeah. people will probably go, wow, that's really nice probably there's a lot more people around the world that are like, hey, that's really nice.
0: Yeah, and I don't think a lot of people even thought of those type of things. My yep. my mother-in-law is very talented in, in crafting things, and uh, my wife finally got her to just put some of that stuff out there, and she was shocked at how many – uh, I'd say likes, whatever they are on that, that yeah. I, I don't know a whole yeah. lot, but how many people made great comments and said, Oh my gosh, you know, are you selling those? Are you selling yeah. those? Those are uh, incredible. Those
1: are awesome. I'd love to have one. And she was yeah. like, what? what, what do I yeah. do now? Yeah. Oh crap. Now <laughs> I'm a, now I'm a success. I don't know what to do. I can't production. Yeah. That's where production bogs up. Cause I, I can't figure it out. Um, I was, I love the, the show, the big bang theory. And I was watching something. I was watching one of the shows the other day and, and, uh, the, the one main character, Kaylee K- Kiyoku, Uh, she's so funny because she was making like these little hair like ribbons or something like that. And she, she made them and then somebody liked them and all this. And so she puts them up on, you know, on Etsy or something like that and gets an order from this like gay and lesbian club in, uh, in Long Island. And it's like, you know, well, we need, you know, a 4,000 of these things for a big parade and we need it overnight. And all the guys are like, well, here's how we optimize production and blah, 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 you know, all this type of stuff. And it was just, Hey, I was just making these couple things for, for people around me. Uh, But yeah, I mean, that, that can be it. It can be, um, you know, I mean, I'm ideally I want to do things that I, I work the least. Um, You know, I, I reached my freedom day. I, I ended up selling, one of my businesses to my business partner. And, you know, that gave me all the income I ever needed. Um, You know, and people ask, well, you know, what are are you doing after Freedom Day? I'm like, I just keep creating more sources of income. Um, But the difference for me today from what I used to do, what I used to do was Jeff just keeps working harder and harder and harder until he runs out of time. And the best thing that ever happened to me was COVID. Uh, Because before COVID, you know, I had, I'd stopped doing all this other side stuff and I was really just focused on my main businesses and I was working 70, 80 hour weeks, you know, and it was, I'd work all weekend long and all this because I was trying to develop all these projects. And when COVID hit, all of a sudden people weren't, you know, I wasn't having to go over town, meet with clients because we were jumping on Zooms. Um, I, a lot of my projects kind of dried up because there were in-person trainings and I ended up realizing that there was a life outside of work, you know, from uh, my wife and I shut our business down, you know, we'd open at nine and we close at four because nobody was coming in. Anyhow, we were just handling the mail for businesses. And all of a sudden I was like, man, I'd never gone home after work when there was light outside. And, you know, typically when I went to work, it was dark. So I really never actually saw sunlight, unadulterated sunlight unless I was driving to a client's place. (laughs) And all of a sudden I was like, hmm, I kind of like having a life. I, I love hanging out with my wife. She works in the businesses too. Let's figure out how we can do this. And so for me today, when I'm developing any kind of a new source of income, I'm thinking, okay, what is the least amount of work Jeff can do? what is, where can I, I I will only do businesses that I work the least amount that I can possibly do. And I really have an unlimited amount of ups, you know, uh, up side, you know, on the business and the business has to be able to be done from anywhere in the world that I have a, a connection to the internet. And that, that's my only rule for businesses today.
0: So, you w- w- before we got started today, you mentioned something that is uh pretty impressive, and that is that you are wrapping up book one mm-hmm. of 24 scheduled books that you are going yes, to write this year. Uh, this is obviously another one of your little uh side gigs to help mm-hmm. uh another one, income one of stream. yeah, one
1: of my five sources. So, I, I set a goal this year. Um, and if you ever look, if you're ever to see the inside of my office. have this huge poster board up on the wall that's broken down into 13 weeks and 10 different categories. And what I do is at the beginning of every quarter, the beginning of the year, I set a goal for myself of what I want to accomplish. I break that down quarterly, and then I go to my quarterly board, which is up there. And I have a whole bunch of sticky notes. And so I sit there for about two hours and I, I, Break down, okay, here's each goal that I need to accomplish before the end of this quarter. And then I take sticky notes and I put it up there. Like, here's everything I need to accomplish step-by-step-by-step over the next 13 weeks to get there. So my goal for this year was I set a big BHAG goal, which was, I call it my five-by-ten year. And my five-by-ten year is I have five distinct separate income sources that come in and i want a, every one of those to be at $10,000 or more per month this year. And so that's one of which is the publishing operation of my company. And when i set my goal for the beginning of the year, i said, well, if i just publish one book a month, i probably can get close to that number by the end of the year. Um, i'm writing in, you know, in categories that are pretty good. Um, I was writing a book at the time and I'm like, okay, I think I can get it done by the end of the month and I'll start a new one. Um, (laughs) and I just happened to, I'm always looking for, okay, how could I do this better? And I found uh, a couple guys that, uh, they're called the Mickelson twins. Uh, they have what they call the AIA publishing Academy. Um, and they are absolute believers in leveraging, basically becoming a publisher rather than an author it's great to be an author i've written six books but the reality is for me to make money i had to figure out okay how could i do this and fit this in the time that all the other things i'm trying to accomplish are going to fit and so this was another one of those things how can jeff work as little as possible to generate the maximum effect and so I said, you know what? Based on what their strategy is, and and I'll just tell you, it's a combination of using artificial intelligence to do a lot of your research, to do your, a lot of your planning, and then hiring a ghostwriter to do most of the work, and then you're the publisher, not the author at that point. Or I am the author, but I'm I'm more of a publisher. I've built okay. a publishing business. That is now an ongoing because all of these things, once they're done, there is no more outlay of money. It's only income that's coming in and it's repeatable income. If done correctly, it's repeatable income that's going to come in literally for the rest of my life or until that book kind of plays itself out. And then I'll refresh it and do something else with it. Um, But I mean, that easily... Uh, Doing the calculations. I mean, one, their program is very straightforward (laughs) and it's very repeatable. It's just literally do all these things, rinse and repeat. Um, I realized, wow, I can actually do two books a month with this strategy, not just one book a month. And that was, you know, that was my moment to say, okay, if I just keep doing this, uh, sorry, I've got to plug my computer in real quick. No worries but if i just keep doing this you know i'm going to hit my revenue goal massively in that area and that revenue goal that generation is going to feed a couple of the other parts of my business that i invest in with investments and in real estate so those are you know that one business is going to feed other businesses which then in turn are going to feed back in to the whole system and that's how i'm going to hit my my five by 10 this year. So in December of next year or this year, I plan to pretty much coast to the month of December at that point, because I should be at my 10 grand in all the businesses by then I'll spend pretty much most of the month of December kind of planning out 2024. And most likely I'm going to try and shoot for doubling again at that point. But I still work half a Friday only work four and a half days a week. I don't work weekends unless I'm unless I'm doing a fun project that I enjoy or training. Um, I don't work weekends. I don't have to work weekends. I, I choose to. Um, you know and I, I live a really, really, really good life and I really I live a happy life with my wife and we go knock out our bucket lists. you know we live the bucket list lifestyle and we live the freedom day lifestyle. Um, we took two weeks off, first two weeks I've ever taken off as a business owner, took two weeks off, went to Europe, bucket list trip, did all the Christmas markets, you know, actually went to places behind, you know, we all grew up during the, the, you know, um, during the the Cold War. So, you know, we wouldn't have been able to go to Prague or East Berlin. We went to Prague and East Berlin. So we checked all these little things off of our list. And you know that was my second trip overseas. We we spent a week and a half in in uh, London earlier in the year. I mean, who who takes two trips like that in a year? And before I'd been worried. Oh, you know, can I take time off? Can I be away from the office? Yeah. And this time my test was, can I do one of the stock trading or option trading strategies that I do? Yep, I, I trade every Friday. And I traded on the Friday that I was over there, actually two Fridays, one of which I traded at four o'clock in the afternoon from a bar in Prague. Um, (laughs) Life is good. So I, I proved that. And I bought two pieces of real estate while I was overseas, you know, and completed the transactions while I was overseas and even sold one of which within a week overseas without me even being on Terra Firma. So, you know, that's that's living the buck yeah, that's living the freedom day lifestyle. Yeah, at that point. So in this concept, we
0: talked a lot about what this looks like and yep. you've even, you know, mentioned certain groups of people that have kind of pushed this, right? You talked about, you know, millennials mm-hmm. and Gen Z who don't yep. want that traditional life and that 4-day work week really changed it. But who who is the best fit for this? And, and when I when I say that, if you were looking for the perfect client, and you've you've got the, your book coming out here uh, pretty soon, when is that book going to come out? Right, it's it's uh, Freedom be Day. Out,
1: yeah, we should be out mid February twenty twenty three okay. or twenty twenty four.
0: Yeah, so so Jess' book is is titled Freedom Day: Plan Your Exit from Your Job or Business. And it will focus on these techniques, plus the the entire. You we've went through four mm-hmm. of them, but the, all eight yeah. of them will be all uh, covered yep. in depth, right? And, and I know the easy answer, Jeff, is that everyone should buy the book. And hmm. I, I know that's what you want everybody. I, I know that's what yeah. you want. But let, let let's be realistic. Who is the best person to go down this pathway to read this book? In your experience. Who will most likely get the most benefits from it?
1: Probably, I would. I mean, my target audience for the book, my avatar for the book are people that are about mid-30s up to 60s, up to early 60s. Um, why am I not targeting the millennials and all that? Their life hasn't sucked enough yet for them to truly appreciate why they need to do this. You know, they they basically have a life where they don't have a house, they don't have kids they don't have all the things that that don't just drag us down but they you know i mean they're they're the things that we all do in life so life hasn't sucked enough for them yet they can basically just work a job for you know they can work in a bar for you know six months make enough money and then go live in phuket thailand for you know less than 500 bucks a month and and stretch that money out forever um you know, once you're in your mid thirties, typically you have a family at this point and, you know, life starts to royally suck from a business perspective or a job perspective because you're like, crap, now I got kids. I don't, I can't make enough. Maybe I need to take a second side gig. Maybe I, you know, I'll take another job, which means that I leave my job, you know, working 40 hours a week and I go work another job for 20 hours a week. And so I just get beaten down at that point. And, you know, I, I, it's life just sucks that way. Um, the other side of the coin are those people that are like, Oh crap, I'm not, I didn't save enough. I'm hitting close to 60 and there ain't enough time left to, to get to the number that I need to. So for those people, it's more of a, it's not so much life sucks, but it's life has sucked. And now I've got to make some huge changes and I've got to be really motivated to get them done. You know, if I'm in my 80s, eh, it's probably not the thing for me. You know, I'm I'm probably not going to be there. But, you know, that's that's the target audience. It's who the book's written for. You know, I always say the book is written for me. Um, I It's written for my, the 35 year old self. It was written for my 45 year old self. And it was written for my 55 year old self, which is me today. You know, I'm 56 years old when I, if you'd asked me when I first got into the financial services industry, when I was 25 years old, you know, when I did my own plan back then, I said, well, I wanted to be retired by the time I was 55. Now I get into my thirties and early forties and I started businesses and my retirement fund got used up and all this stuff. And I realized, crap, there's no way it was going to happen. And, you know, God has a sense of humor sometimes and no matter how, you know, God, God helps all fools and blind, dumb luck, some just hard work and all of it kind of worked out to where 2022, the year I turned 55, I I reached my freedom day, June 28. Well, I, I say seven, one that's because when I founded my new financial practice was seven, one. 2022. That was the year I turned 55. And I had a work optional lifestyle at that point. So once again, it can happen. It just, you know, it might take a little bit. For me, it was seven years from start to finish um, of blundering around, screwing up, wasting money, burning up my retirement funds. Um, And, you know, I still managed to figure it out. And seven years later, you know, my partners bought me out that sold, you know, one business and generated a a windfall for me. And, you know, I've sold a couple of other businesses in that time, closed a couple that were taking me too much time for me. And once again, now I'm optimizing my world (laughs) by, you know, I, what do I do today? I build new income sources for myself. Um, And then I go play. There you go what a what a great thing to have
0: as a, a goal I, I really like the concept of what you've done and what you've built and i think that this is a it's certainly workable for a number of individuals I mean, mm-hmm. I can see, especially folks in my situation that are that have become kind of serial entrepreneurs yeah. uh, over the last number of years that I have after corporate America spit me out, which was a wonderful thing. <laughs> um, but, you know, they had it all figured out for me, right? That The one thing that you can say about corporate America typically is your benefits and your salary and all of the things are just good enough for you to keep plugging along yep. in that. Now, that is one of the things I will say that some of these newer generations are just not satisfied with, right? They're hmm. they don't let themselves get caught. They'll jump jobs in a new York minute. They have nope. no loyalty. They don't care. It's not always about the money. It's about okay. I I don't feel respected or I don't feel like I have enough freedom so I'm out. Yeah. I, that's still hard for me to grasp even though I've had all these years of you know being free. Uh you know there's still that part of me I think that is um that I won't say yearns for the security of a job, but that understands that, that, that was a different time in my life. And I I did appreciate that. I did appreciate that security. uh, But you know, I,
1: I think for me, I mean, I was kind of in a similar situation to you uh, working for a major financial services firm that I thought when I went to work there, I mean, it was the first place I ever worked in the financial services industry. Absolutely loved, loved, loved the company. I mean, it was, it was the company i had no nothing but respect for and october 2nd 2022 or 20 or 2002 or 3 excuse me um i walked into work one day and they were like yeah your job's been eliminated and after that as my dad puts it today his you know after that i i went from you went from owning me to renting me uh so that was that was the beginning of that kind of breaking down in my mind of okay this is a different world so every job I had after that point I kind of had the attitude that you you own me or you don't own me you rent me um, after my last job I realized that now after I've become an entrepreneur that I've learned how to make money you know that this people ask me what's the greatest skill you've ever learned I learned how to make money
0: how to make money um,
1: <laughs> I learned that, you know, you can, you can drop me down in the middle of, you know, Alaska with a toothbrush and a pair of jockey shorts, and I'll come out, you know, with a full suit and, a and a, you know, pearly white teeth um, <laughs> because I know how to make money and I've learned how to make money. That is the greatest skill that you can ever have is that ability to know in your heart that no matter what happens, I can make money. I can make a living. There are so many ways to make money out there that you can do that. And, you know, I've realized at this point I am genetically unemployable uh, to work for anybody else because <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. I, I don't I, I don't want to live in that world. I've, I told I my wife when we, when we started our businesses, I was like, you know what? I'll live in a car if we have to. And she was like, well, you'll live in the car. You're not, you're gonna figure <laughs> out how to make enough money to keep the house, but you can go live in the car if you want.
0: <laughs> no, I I hear you. I I, I can't imagine now. I, as I talked about, yeah. I, I look at that security of having that job, but I can't imagine having that security and having that job because I just cannot work for someone else. I would be a terrible yeah. employee. I would yeah. I'd be kind of like what that guy said. You're the worst employee ever. You just ever. do what you want to do.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. That's what you can do for a while because <laughs> I get to do that. You know, and I mean, it, it is not. The, the fallacy is this belief that there is job security. There is no job security. No, there is for no me, security. You know, here's no. the funny thing. So, you know, I worked for that company. Um, they told us your job's gone. You're laid off. You can stay with the company, but you're going to have to take a massive demotion, you know, which was going to be about a forty dollars or $50,000 a year pay cut at that time. And you're basically going to become what used to be your assistant Uh, working for somebody else doing what you were doing. And, you know, I mean, I was like, I don't really have an option at this point. So we're going to go down that route. Well, a few weeks later, they, they, the company, you know, all of our clients got really pissed and said, what the hell, this is my guy. And he's now, you're going to make me work with somebody else. Well, they came back and rehired all the people who had stayed with the company. But here's the, here's the rub. Every single Friday, I was the happiest I'd ever been because it was the weekend and I was going to go get to do stuff. Or when I went on vacation, I was super happy because I got to travel all over the world and you know have all kinds of fun. But when I would come back on Sunday afternoon, every single week, I would get this little ball in the pit of my stomach and I would think to myself, God, I just hope I have a job when I come in the next day.
0: And I would walk
1: in and I would touch my badge to the door and just cringe, worrying about now stupidly, they're gonna let you in so that they can take your badge away. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I had that thing, you know, and it was that feeling. And then it was like, Oh, okay, I got in, I'm good. It's you know, I'm good for another week until it gets decided. And I lived (laughs) that life for 12 years, you know, and it's psychologically that is a big whammy that you do. And I would do anything it would take to keep my job. I would do whatever it took to keep that safe job, and you know I was miserable for 12 years. Um, I absolutely miserable at work for 12 years, and and I realized I was doing. I, they would let me do some projects because I was outspoken and you know would would be the one that spoke up. So they're like, hey, fix the problem. If if you're such a genius, fix the problem. And I would work those projects and have a great time and then i would go back to doing my normal job and it was like boy this sucks i don't like it i'm i hate it <laughs> well i realized i was an entrepreneur i was an entrepreneur inside of a company so i was an entrepreneur so i was wired this way to begin with i just didn't know it and i was too scared to actually jump out there and try something different and at that time there was no little side hustles and you know the internet was just beginning and the the world we live in today there are so many ways to make money um, you don't, you know, we were talking about, you used to have to ra- have, a, you had a radio show. Well, you don't need a radio station anymore to broadcast. We're on a That's podcast. Right. That's right. Um, you don't need to own a big publishing company with printing presses and all that. I have Amazon that does all the work for me. So I own a publishing company that publishes books, but I use somebody else's infrastructure. Um, so I don't have to invest in any of that. Um, if I want to have my own newspaper and put, put out great articles. It's called a blog now and doesn't cost anything. You can set up a blog for zero and start writing articles at that point. So, you know, the world has changed the ability to make money. It's become more egalitarian. There are more ways to make money without having to have a job. Um, now people are going to think you're weird. People are going to, you know, if you go out and do this, just like Harlan said, all of his friends were like, oh, I got to get back to a job. And he went off and did this. Yeah, they were weird. It's okay. It's good to be weird. Um, because the weird actually run the world. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah.
0: While uh, everyone else is conforming and just doing their job, Yep. Uh, the weird folks are changing it.
1: Well, that, I mean, what I always heard too is, you know, the, The A students always end up working for the C students (laughs) in those cases. (laughs) And I was a solid core C student. Most of my, most of my, once again, that independent streak of why in the hell am I sitting here doing repetitive things over and over and over (laughs) again? Um, Why, why am I doing this? You know, why am
0: I diagramming this sentence? Who
1: cares? (laughs) Who I am never going to use this anymore. You know why? Because some smart little dude. Is going to create chat GPT and I'm never going to have to worry about that anymore. All I got to do is like, I got to know how to perform that thing to be able to spit out what I need it to spit out. And then I take that, put it into Grammarly because my grammar sucked and this is going to make my, you know, my grammar much better. And I can put out things that people understand and just use my brain at that point.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jeff, I, I really appreciate the time we spent together, man. I'll tell you, this is a very innovative concept, a very different idea from what I've heard, because typically yeah. I've talked to people that go down that traditional route and you yeah. have a certain savings and eventually someday you'll get to have the R word, right? You'll get to have that retirement. Uh, but yeah. I think that, what, we, yeah. we hear about the- it all the time these days. We hear... Yeah all of these folks that, especially millennials right now, that just truly believe they'll never have that opportunity. Okay. And so this doesn't just, it doesn't change that. What it does is it gives it hope though. It says, "What well, stop striving for something that you don't believe in when at that age group in particular, my gosh, there is so many ways that those folks can make money uh, that we never yeah, had that opportunity. when they're, we were They're, at they're age not smart
1: us. enough to do it at that point. I mean, they're they're smart enough to say they don't want it. They don't want that 40 year lifestyle, but they're not really, they're, they're smarter than they think they are. Um, I, like I said, I think it's the people who <clears throat> get to that mid thirties and have a couple kids that realize, wow, this is going to suck. Cause this is another 20, 25, maybe 30 years. I'm going to yeah. have to work <laughs> yeah. to, to hit that goal. And wow, how am I going to do that? I, I don't even have an extra 20 bucks left over at the end of the month. How am I going to come up with, enough money to, to hit $2 million just so I can meet my goal at the end. I mean, it's the, the reality right. is the system is broken and I'm telling you this, um, I call it, you know, so you, you read out the, the name of the book. and actually, the book name changed. It's okay. now called, the, it's now called the retirement trap because it is, it is a trap. I mean, it's, it, people think that it's going to work and it ain't going to work. I'm telling you there, I can show you the math that it is impossible for you to make what you're making today. You cannot save enough to get there. It's just not possible. Um, so all that's going to happen is you're going to have to massively decrease your lifestyle. Uh, well, that's what they going. tell you, right?
0: Yeah. That's what, that's actually what they tell you. They say, yeah. okay, you know, your, your goal should be, to To live on about sixty percent. Remember, you won't have the same bills. You want to. Uh, That's just yeah. what they do to encourage you. Yes. And then they come up with the numbers. But well, let, let's talk about two million. If you're thinking two million right now, you're probably way off. By the time that you would actually retire, if oh, you're, if you're in your forties right now and you think two yeah. million is going to be enough, it's it's not going to be close. Yeah. Look at well, just 100%. what inflation's done over the last couple of years and the cost of groceries. Just look at simple things. We're talking about basic needs and
1: the cost has risen in those. So, and and your average person has saved maybe a hundred thousand at that age. Maybe. And I mean, that's that's a big maybe. Um, That's that's if their parents mathematically, it is not possible. I don't care what kind of investment returns you may or you think you're going to make. Mathematically, it is not possible to put enough money away. It is yeah. not possible. You cannot do it. I can show you the math all day long. So you better fix the situation. You better start focusing on cash flow. Um, and you know, if you focus on cash flow, you're going to be a lot happier in the end. Whether it's I buy real estate, whether it's I created, you know, a little side business that turns into a bigger business. I mean, Debbie Fields, Mrs. Fields Cookies started baking <laughs> cookies in her freaking oven in california and you know she ended up with a you know it's like 300 or two three four hundred stores around the world franchises because you know she got started something simple doing something she was good at yeah Uh, so it it can happen anywhere it doesn't have to be that big i mean i have honestly no goal of being a billionaire in my life i mean i i always listen to Bruce Springsteen. And when he said, you know, if you make more than $5,000 a day, you have more than $5,000 a day problems.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, there's a, another guy named Jeff that started uh, just selling books out of his garage and he's done okay for himself. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) I, I honestly, actually right in front of me, this is funny on my wall in front of me, I have a picture of Jeff Bezos in his original office in the garage with his crappy table and books stacked up all over the floor and everything else used books by the way they weren't new books stacked mm. up all over the floor you know and all these guys i always laugh at some of these new entrepreneurs that you know oh they want the super glitzy glamory office yeah. right out of the gate and all that and i that reminds me be humble buddy you know yeah you can, be, you can be the richest man in the world but he started off on a borrowed table in a garage with a bunch of used books and built yep. an empire from there.
0: Yep, that's exactly right. Yeah, he packed all that stuff up himself and, and, yep. and shipped it out. So, yeah, it's, yep. Uh, yep. it's it's definitely possible. All right, well, thanks again, Jeff. I really do appreciate all of the great information that you shared with everyone. Now, you have a podcast as well,
1: is that correct? I do. It's called the Freedom Nation Podcast. So, it's www.freedomnationpodcast.com. So, uh, what I do on there, I'm, I'm now sharing more of the freedom day journey again but uh, I also interview people that have you know found their freedom journey some of them you know financially some of them time some of them uh, you know one of my friends is uh the he he runs the crosser offer podcast and he's the the king of uh bucket lists you know and he okay. that's what he does that's his job is checking stuff off of his bucket list so I mean all those Very kind of cool. people uh, all over the place so I'd love you to come out and enjoy us. Uh, The book, you can get a uh, free plus shipping on the book at www.retirementtrapbook.com. Tons of resources on there about the Freedom Day journey and everything else.
0: Okay, and you also have your own personal website, uh, jeffkeichel.com. That's J-E-F-F-K-I-K-E-L dot com as well i saw that you uh, i guess folks could actually have schedule you to come out and be a speaker and talk more about this or maybe even have you a guest on their podcast as well if they would like to learn more
1: absolutely
0: all right once again thanks so much for being here buddy i I really think this is eye-opening i hope that this has been something that uh, someone out there will now have hope will now have hope Mm -hmm. that they can reach that Freedom Day because of a different strategy instead of that old retirement planning that will never get you where you actually planned on getting. Uh, Hey, have fun today. Start having fun now instead of waiting for a time that may never come. Mm -hmm. So once again, Jeff, thank you so much for your time today, buddy. Thanks, Harlan. Appreciate you, man. All right. Hey, and don't forget to check out past episodes of the Health and Wealth Power Hour. You can go out to hwpowerhour.com and subscribe right there. Of course, you can listen on all of the regular outlets such as Apple, Google, and Spotify. We certainly appreciate you being here. Uh, Don't forget, we also have our monthly Why Does Healthcare Suck broadcast on uh, LinkedIn. You can catch that on the last Tuesday of every month at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. It is always a good time. You never know what we're going to talk about next. Uh, You can also find the recordings of those on yourinsuranceyourchoice.com. Thanks again for joining with us, and we'll catch you next time on the Health Health and Wealth Power Hour. We are out.